Um, I only got one birthday wish, and that's to get my, my, my wife back, Cardi. You know what I'm saying? We're going through a lot of things right now, a lot of things on the media. I want to apologize to you, Cardi. You know, I embarrassed you. I made you look crazy. Doing things, I ain't had no business. I was partaking in activity that I shouldn't have been taking in. And I apologize, you know what I'm saying, for breaking your heart. And welcome back to Poor Life Decision. I'm Chris. I'm Doyen. And I'm still full. I mean, <laughs> this is the third week and we still have the pause. It's okay, though. Uh, it's okay. And we're going to leave it in. We're going to leave it in. We get I just found a cracker in my bra. <laughs> Listen, that is a gift. That is a gift from past you to future you. Accept it for the gift that it is. I do it all the time. That's what happens when you have boobs. <laughs> so, How are y'all tonight? I am great. How are you? Uh, decent. I see someone is still full. Oh my God. I ate way too much, y'all. I cannot move. I've been miserable all day. Yeah. I'm, but in a good way, like I ate so much good food that I'm just like, why did I do this to myself? But you know how like somebody cooks something and you can tell like, oh, a black lady cooked this, like this is about to be real good. Right. And so I wanted to make sure I got everything that we had at the party. So I tried everything and everything was amazing. Again, I'm moving to your city. Do. I, I just oh. <laughs> I feel like I would never get anything done. Oh, I don't. Mm, true. <laughs> Okay, well, um, first, um, little side note, Becca, open your systems back up and turn your mic back all the way up. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, guys, we're just going to fix it as we go. All right, and um, (laughs) so uh, how was everybody's week? Doyen, how's your week and weekend been? What you drinking on? It was good, so I was in... um, I went to St. Louis and we saw Into the Spideyverse and it's so good. That Spider-Man movie, man movie is so good. Like I haven't watched any other Spider-Man movies, but that was like the best in my opinion. Okay, really I might good. go see Please it. Go watch I it. wasn't going to, but I might. Please go watch it. It's just so great and pure and beautiful. Um, what am I drinking? I'm drinking. Actually, I've actually drank this before on the podcast, but um, it's called Firebrand Wine. And they have a spice red blend, so it's like a little crispy <clears throat> drink until I can get that um, praline liqueur <laughs> that Rebecca was talking about. <laughs> I forgot about the praline liqueur. Well, I've been thinking about it, but I can't find it. <laughs> oh. Well, Becca, we know how your day has been today. <laughs> how was your weekend? What are you Okay, drinking? hang on. Do I need to turn my mic up more? Or is it okay? okay? No, that's good right there. Um, my week is actually starting off really well. Like, it's funny, like, working for the organization I work for, like, things just kind of shut down. Like, people already don't want to work anyway. But when it's the holidays, like, the last two weeks of the year, like, nothing gets done. So things are busy because everybody's like, mm-hmm. we only have four more days left in the year to actually do stuff. 
So they're busy but good. I, again, am drinking that Madeira that I think I was drinking last week. Yeah. So I'm drinking that again. (laughs) Well, um, everything's been good over here. Um, I just left a basketball tournament and I deserve a gold star because I did not eat any concession stand food. However, I do not know how long that's going to last because we have several basketball tournaments coming up. (laughs) (laughs) So, so there's that. I am drinking just a basic ass cranberry and vodka. Well, my cranberry juice isn't basic. I'm drinking cran grape. I typically like cran apple just for drinking purposes, but with alcohol, I like the cran grape. It seems to be a little thicker. I don't know if that makes sense, but anyway, that's what I have tonight. Update on the boodles. I figured out how to make it good. (laughs) On the what? On the boodles, Jen, that I didn't like. That tastes like communion wine. (laughs) Oh, the communion wine. (laughs) So today... Earlier today, I, well, not too much earlier. I don't want y'all to think I'm an alcoholic. But like in my <laughs> in my pre-podcast drink, I had boodles and some peppermint schnapps. And then I added water because it was too sweet. And it was great. It was like a kind of cool fruit. Like tonic water or flat water? Hmm. Water, water. Because <laughs> it was too sweet. <laughs> but that sounds... um. Yeah, it was just like yeah, it was just like a kind of cool, fruity taste. Anyways, hmm. okay, okay. So for this week in Doyen's blackness, I have decided mm-hmm. that I am just black as fuck now, and <laughs> and y'all can't do nothing. Oh wait, oh wait. <laughs> what? <laughs> welcome, welcome. Uh, so yeah, like I feel like I can't do nothing to make me. Even more black, except for maybe make me watch more black movies. But um, <laughs> this week we didn't, so I've decided I am passing black. Well, you made us watch that <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. black ass Christmas movie. <laughs> so, um, last week I had a hard week when we were watching it. Um, I had already had an edible. And so when I watched it, I was like, when we started, everybody was real light skinned. I was like, oh shit, is this a Mexican movie? <laughs> I was like, is this a Mexican movie? I'm so sorry, you guys. And then uh, I saw Quincy, and I was like, oh no, it's a black movie. <laughs> okay, so Becca, did you really not know that that, that was Abby's Like 45 son? minutes to realize that's who that was. And I was sitting there like, this man looks so familiar. And y'all kept saying t- uh, Quincy in the group, me, And I was like, who the hell is Quincy? And it was like a light bulb just clicked. And I was like, oh, that Quincy. <laughs> oh, uh, by the way, the movie we're talking about is Holiday Calendar. And it was a 2018 Netflix black Christmas movie and it was they put real Ooh. production dollars behind it. It was more than one scene. You know what? It did it did look nice. Yeah. But I I have a soft spot in my heart for like the two scene Christmas movie with like oh, Ruben Stuttered or <laughs> <laughs> you know, just some random people like has been like um what do you call it? Theo. Not Theo. <laughs> 
<laughs> Theo. I just I like that. It's a soft part, spark in, in my heart for it. So, um, soft how much how much have you been drinking, Doyen? Already? Thanks for asking. <laughs> just, just, just just asking. Oh, no, thanks for asking. Anyways, <laughs> so all in all, it was a good movie. It was a little bit too good for me, and I just, you know, that's you not know my just, idea of a Netflix black movie. I when as it really wasn't that bad, and I thought, I don't know if Doyen's gonna like this. I don't know if it's bad <laughs> enough. <laughs> it's not bad enough. Like <laughs> I wasn't expecting that level of badness. I mean, goodness. Uh-huh. Well, I don't know whose turn it is to pick next, but I have really been looking. So I'm looking for a really bad one because I, I want to I, just, I want to make you proud. I know that I'm not supposed to have two movies in a row, but I really want y'all to see this Halle Berry movie. Is it going to make me cool? I feel like I, y'all will like it. I don't feel like it will. It's basically it gonna about make- like a community's response to the whole Rodney King situation. But Halle Berry has like the crazy lost my wigs and <laughs> like lost my kids wig. <laughs> Is it gonna make me cry? I don't well, everything makes you cry. I don't know. <laughs> but no, I didn't cry. Some parts I was like, this is weird, but um yeah. It was a good movie. I liked it. It just showed my black progression that Wait, I was okay to when do. When are we gonna resume the wire? <laughs> In twenty nineteen. I, I'm staying out of that. I'm going to leave that up to you and Doyen. <laughs> okay. I'm going to leave never. that up to y'all. I, I, so I'm going to stay out of it. I love The Wire. I can watch it anytime. Becca is just like, because we're friends for so long, that I feel like she can like pull shit with me that like nobody else can. We can compromise though. Just, so why well, don't we resume The Wire next week? And then the week after, we'll take a break to watch this Halle Berry movie. And watch the Halle Berry. Okay. That's a compromise. So I'm going to move on to the current event section. And so the first, um, I just got to sigh. The first topic that I wanted to talk about was about Kodak Black and Ebro. Uh, (sighs) Yeah. That's Martina Belcher moan. (laughs) <laughs> honestly when i first heard about the situation <laughs> i was listening to it on xm radio with my boyfriend and they were talking about how they, they were talking about how ebro was like pushing kodak to talk about it so hard until i saw the video and i was like he wasn't really pushing and in fact he like left space and was like i understand that you're in litigation right mm-hmm. now but later can we talk about it and then kodak was like uh, I don't want you know like he got real aggressive for yeah. no reason <laughs> yeah and so I'm just like um I feel like Ebro wasn't being especially disrespectful about it but what do y'all think nah. oh I man I get to go first um I didn't think he was being yeah. disrespectful at all I mean he even said he prefaced it by saying like I know that you can't talk about this right now um, so when you can, let's come back and have this conversation. Um, but I think he was really just trying to shed light to the fact that like, we know you in some deep shit and you fucked up and we don't condone that. So I'm going to kind of call you out about it. Cause yeah. we really don't approve of this at all. Um, and when you can talk about it, yeah, I'm going to confront your ass about it. So what really got me the most mm-hmm. 
were the comments that other people were like they were mm-hmm. getting Ebro out of here. I mean, it was just ridiculous. And I was like, I I too agree that he was not being uh, forceful. He wasn't, mm-hmm. you know, he just said, I know you can't talk about it. And I personally blame Kodak's team because first of all, Ebro's been doing this for a long time. I don't necessarily see him going rogue per se. So if Codex team had already established, look, this is something we're not going to talk about. I really don't see him going there. Maybe he would. I don't know. But all I'm saying is when you get ready to go into an interview, you've got this major stuff going on. Mm -hmm. You know, you're going to get asked about it. Yeah. So you have to say, this is what I will and will not talk about. Now, I still, I, I still claim my stance that Ebro didn't do anything wrong. Codex stomped off like a child. Yeah. However, looking at what some of the other rappers had to say kind of made me, it, it shed a little bit light, light on why they were so upset. So apparently people are now starting to look at Ebro like he might be the ops, like he might be working what? with police. And I did not know this. What? I, yeah, I, <laughs> this is brand new to me. So apparently Kodak was already apprehensive when he came because that's been the talk going around is that Ebro's been purposely like trying to pull things out of people and that he's been working with the police. So I guess that would explain why Kodak just kind of stumped off, you know, got up and walked off. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. That did shed mm-hmm. a different light on it for me. However, I still feel the same. Like Kodak, what, I mean, not Kodak, Ebro wasn't out of line. He didn't get, you know, he just said, I know, and he said, I know you can't talk about it. Yeah. But, you know, like so I don't, later. I just couldn't understand how people were literally right. getting Ebro out of here, though. Like, yeah. you know, you can't ask it, blah, blah, blah. Like, that's that man's show. He's the, he's conducting an interview. He very well. Are you kidding me? If you're interviewing a star and they're going through something, that's up to them to know they Did can't talk about it. I'm a video of Trick right. Daddy like going off. I purposely did not <laughs> click on the volume. I saw it. I did not listen. <laughs> I have no idea what he said because mm. I like Trick and I want to continue to like Trick. So I purposely did. Um, what did he say? He, in summary, <laughs> he basically said, Ebro, keep Kodak's name out your mouth. Like, that's my boy. Like, home team. I raised him kind of thing. Like, you do anything to him, you do it to me. Like, we got beef now. You need to come at me kind of thing. Like, if I see you in the streets, I'm going to whoop your ass kind of thing. I mean, that's crazy. Oh, mm. that was crazy. <laughs> that was crazy. I just like, Kodak looks mm-hmm. like a little bit. <laughs> and I'm just like, <laughs> uh, anyways, yeah. That's. Um. But one one more thing I wanted to add was, and and not for nothing, but I'm just saying. It never shocks me how, wait, it always shocks me. (laughs) Wait, I've had too much vodka. It always shocks me. (laughs) It always shocks me how the black women jump to the defense of these men. And let's keep in mind how he has over, I mean, since he'd been popping, 
he has always talked about mm-hmm. black women and he didn't like dark skinned women. He don't like black women. He already black. He don't need a black woman. I, he said mm-hmm. things like this time and time again. Now we, we jump to his defense and it's like, well, <laughs> well, I was speaking collectively because I, I too am not in that we, <laughs> but, but just always yeah. jump into his defense yeah. and always caping for him. And it yeah. doesn't make sense. And the thing about it is, if I'm if I'm gonna be completely honest, he got some hits. Okay, he got some box. And if you've seen him in a separate interview, he can be very charismatic. But what you mm-hmm. have to do is remind yourself of the things that he said. Because I have found myself wanting to like him, and it's like, oh girl, no, don't do yep. it. I've been like that with a lot of different artists before. Like they got good music, they're very charismatic, but then you have to remember the bullshit that they've done as a person, like. Not the artist, but the person, what that person has done. So no, my dollars will not be supporting you. My ears will not be listening to you. Like you have to remember those things because they'll get you. Yeah. I think it goes back to the notion of like, as a feminist, as an intersectional woman, I just cannot deal with a lot of what people say. Like even like there's once a rapper that like I liked for like four hours and he had feminist lines, but then he was coming for gay people. And I'm like, that's still not okay. Um, I don't know. I just want an intersectional. I don't think that's rapper. a thing, Doyen. <laughs> I, I was about to say, Doyen, I don't, Please. I don't know I mean, where you're going to find it's that. Gonna happen. It's going to happen. Leave me alone. <laughs> I dream a I world. Mean, I- <laughs> I'm probably very guilty of, giving rappers Mm -hmm. um, more of a pass when it comes to their lyrics. I do see that the older I get, the more I'm like, "Mm, I can't let that slide. But when it comes to lyrics, I do give more of a pass. But you just can't be out here wilding and then think that I'm going to take up for you because it's not going to happen. I'm hoping there's a day of reckoning where we as women in general are like, hey, you can't call me all kinds of bitches and hoes and expect my money and my dollars and my listens. Like, that's all there is to it. Like, we are a very big part of their market. And once we start speaking oh, with yeah. our attention, they're going to have to figure out a way to, like, you know, backtrack and do better. So on to the next also <coughs> very, um, I'm not sure if I'm disappointed. I'm actually not even shocked by this. But um, Prada. <laughs> so Prada came out with these new designs of, I guess, like purse. Um, I want to say jingles, accessories. But that's not the right word. But <laughs> accessories. Yeah, that sounds right. Uh, where it just looks so much like blackface. So like just a dark being with like very big um, caricature type red lips. And they thought that they could sell this and not have any blowback or issues. To me, even like, I feel like a few weeks ago, I was reading about the Dutch finally going away from their notion of like Black Pete, who Uh was like this blackface individual Uh who's really just sent a slave, (laughs) you know, and they're finally like, oh, this might be a little racist. And I'm just like, why do you like white... (sighs) Why do white people still like think it's okay and keep trying it and acting like we're not going to like be mad about it? Like, I don't understand. It's 2018. I, I don't know either. <laughs> well, I, I'm kind of like you, Doyen. Like, I'm not surprised at what they did yeah. per se, but I'm surprised that 
why did you think this was not going to get called well, this out? This is like, what happens like when you don't I mean, have black voices in the room helping you make the final decision on things. Right. The uh, lady that initially called them out, and I don't want to per- mispronounce her name. Um, I'm just going to say Ezzy because I think that's how to pronounce her last name. Mm. She just happened to be a staff attorney for the Center for Constitutional Rights. Like, isn't that just beautiful? Mm. And she, oh, the little thing is called Oto. Uh, that's its oh, name. Oh, the little accessory? <laughs> anyway, so oh, wow. yeah, <laughs> its name is Oto. So she happened to be passing. And when I first read this, I, no lie, I thought this happened like in Paris mm-hmm. or something. This is damn New York. <laughs> like she, she is walking past the Prada in Soho. You sees this little trinket. And I think they're keychains, but they mm-hmm. also had like mm-hmm. the little figures up everywhere. She goes in the store and addresses them and lets them know, hey, are you aware that this is very offensive? It looks a lot like blackface. And she said that the little guy told her, um, we had an employee once who mentioned racism and that employee is no longer here. Wow. I don't know what that was supposed to mean. Like, I don't know. I don't know what that was supposed to mean if that was supposed to be a threat to her because she didn't work there. But that just goes to show you, like you said, Becca, you don't have people there who are pointing these things out to you. Mm-hmm. And when you do, you're letting them go. Um, first of all, I, um, as someone who is very into advertising space, if anybody wants to hire <laughs> me as a consultant about like if your, your thing could possibly be racist, I'm here for you. But I don't know. Like, oddly enough, like, I spoke to somebody from New York and... The thing about it is, like, we're from Mississippi. Like, we we get, like, a certain level of racism. But in New York, it's a different even level of racism. Like, they will, like, kiki with you as a coworker and then go home and be like, I hate mm-hmm. niggers. Like, <laughs> and I don't even understand that. Like, um, I understand. That's what I have every day. I, <laughs> it's, it's, just, it's, it's just, like, a whole nother level. Like, they'll bring you to your their house and, like, you know, introduce you to their kids and still fundamentally hate black people. They might not hate you, but they hate black people in general. And so a lot of people feel like, oh, Mississippi is racist because of our past. And I mean, we still have racism to this day. But guess what? If I see your truck with the Confederate flag, I know not to fuck with Mm -hmm. you. (laughs) You know, I know not to roll up on your truck. You know, like... And I I find some comfort in that. Like, there's very strong notes of racism that I can understand and know not to mess with you. But for me to be in your house and, like, you know, meeting your family and then you still don't like me <laughs> as a Black person, like, I don't like that. I don't get it. But so... That's something that is very prevalent everywhere. And it's it's like that here. It's like that everywhere. Like Mm -hmm. they make friends with you. And what I have found is that a lot of white people think of racism as being overt and violent. They don't understand that the other things that they do, that's racist, that's hate. And I've had you know, I was growing up, I was always in a situation where I was often the only one. Um, and so I got taken to people's houses. I got invited mm. uh, with kids, all this different stuff. And then later on, just to find out that this is how you really mm. feel because you've made comments to somebody else. Yeah. And 
you know, one thing I can say about living in the South is that for the we have a larger portion of more overt racism. So it's easier to see up front. Mm -hmm. So it maybe it doesn't hit you so, you know, blindly, but Mm -hmm. it's ridiculous. And again, not shocked, not surprised, but still can't believe that like guys, it's, it's about to be 2019. And this is really what you're still doing. I was so moving into Texas. People are like, Oh, you're from Mississippi. That's a racist. And I'm like, um, I feel racism in Texas. Like, you know, I, like, I, I would have <laughs> listen. I don't I don't know if your Mississippi is set up like mine, but I would have cussed them flat the fuck out. Hey, y'all, y'all like, <laughs> like you in motherfucking Texas. You in motherfucking Texas. It is no better. I mean, the thing about <laughs> it, my face. like Texas is voluntarily racist. Like they set up themselves so that they can like accept slaves and like help the racists. So like I'm just like you y'all act like y'all are so much better and i'm like nobody's better in washington portland was literally set up so that no black people could live there and prosper you know like there's so many places in the world and no, in the united right states in the world like, they were and you were right you were right in the world. Right. <laughs> but like yeah like there was legal racism happening so i'm like don't look down on mississippi because at the end of the day yes we have racism we also have almost 50% black people. So, like, I love being around. Like, it makes me nervous when I look up in a room and I don't see a whole lot of black people. <laughs> because I'm used to Mississippi. <laughs> and, like, there's just so many of us. <laughs> um, naturally, Prada removed their items. But, again, like, I'm just like, I wish I could, like, brand myself as, like, a diversity consultant. So they could hire me and be like, hey, is this okay? And I'm like, no try again (laughs) i think think you can i mean you're in the right field you know to get your foot in there okay that's our next assignment (laughs) especially like super bowl ads like just get me in here i would i um my general gift is figuring out what would go wrong (laughs) anyways yes yes, please hire me i'm so glad i didn't <laughs> I'm so glad I didn't buy those product glasses I was looking at. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> on to the next topic. We are probably already going to talk about this whole <laughs> Cardi offset situation, <laughs> but um, so Papa offset—that's what we're calling him. And so the funny thing about it, yeah, Papa. I don't know. I just did not register his name. So apparently, I, that's just what I wrote. I don't know his name. Papa Offset. <laughs> so apparently he's an alpha and he put all his feelings in the alpha aka group. Funny enough, I only saw it on Twitter. But he had this whole soliloquy about this whole drama about Offset. And so oddly enough, like I felt like his language is mostly or partly blaming Cardi but also other powers that be um, as far as like police and things like that for the consequences of offsets decisions. <laughs> mm. And it was just because he was talking about, <clears throat> yeah, he was mad at Cardi, but then he was talking about how the like, police were like raiding his home for drugs. And in general, I feel like black culture 
loves to coddle their sons but mm. not hold them Mm-mm. accountable. And so, like, he may have had, like, one sentence where he was like, yeah, you know. But even the one sentence he had, he was talking about how, you know, like, he's young and he's successful, so women are running after him. <laughs> mm. and, it was very null and void. Yeah. I just... At the end of the day, I feel like this would not be an issue if Asa had kept his dick in his pants. But he didn't. <laughs> and his dad didn't want but to didn't. come to terms with that. So what did y'all think mm. about that? I was just floored. I was floored because it made zero sense. <laughs> like, he blamed Cardi for... He called Cardi hot-headed. Mm-hmm. He blamed her for bringing everything to social media. And it's like, my guy, no, she didn't. Like, <laughs> she, she, your son has literally been mm-hmm. embarrassing her, humiliating her throughout their entire relationship. Mm-hmm. And all she wanted to do was let y'all know that, you know what, he really ain't my problem anymore. Right. And he, I mean, everything was Cardi's fault. Everything was her fault. And the funny thing about it is, like, she's constantly like, you know, I still have love for him. Please don't come for him. Right. And it was still, he talks about how they're young and they're on social media and they're both, like, doing stupid things on social media. But I don't feel like he ever, like, held his son accountable for what he did. No, he didn't. He did not. He did not. And I don't give, I mean, I do not give Offset a pass for anything. <laughs> the one thing I can say is that, yes, they are young. I didn't realize like, they were I, that listen, young. I love love. Just uh, Now, he said Offset was 25. Offset is 27. But I love love just like the next person. But I don't advocate young marriage because I'm just saying, how do you know? You hadn't even lived life yet. You haven't even oh. gotten into a decent club yet. Like, I <laughs> How do, how do you know? Wait, why is this I'm just decent saying. adult clubs? Because I've never been. <laughs> I mean, I I mean, and I have friends who have married, you know, their high school sweethearts or whatever, but they went through a hard patch. Yeah. Each and every last one of them went through a hard patch and everything's all good now because they're more mature and they've grown up. Yeah. Just grow up. But that aside... You did marry her, and he just, I, I don't know. Uh, Becca, what do you I don't know that I have that much more to contribute than what y'all have said. I was reading something, though, and I, I do really bad about this. Like, I'll read stuff, and then I won't remember where I read it. And then when I come to talk to y'all about <laughs> it, I feel really silly because I can't remember where I read it. Anyway, I was reading something, and it was talking about how, like, her past life kind of plays into this. Like, her prior jobs as being a stripper and things like that play a lot more into it than we would like to admit. And one of the things I was reading was asking mm-hmm. like, would her dad, would his dad have come out and said the same things if she had had like, quote, a more respectable background or like a, come from a more respectable profession, that kind of thing. And so that's kind of what I've been trying to sit with and think about for the past couple of days as well is like how much kind of slut shaming is like kind of tying into this as well. Mm-hmm. And what part does that play? So I don't have an answer yet, but that's something that's kind of been on my mind. Well, I was just going to say, I didn't even look at it from that angle, but that's a good point. What I did notice that he said when you, when you mentioned that, that made me think, when he called her hot headed, mm-hmm. which I still can't get over because mm-hmm. he called her a hot headed female, 
he made mention of the fact um, that she has just as much, if not more money than he does, which made me feel like he was saying if she didn't have money, she'd be easier to control Mm. because she doesn't need him for anything. Anything. And which immediately took my brain (laughs) to our past topic of conversation future with his baby mamas. Mm-hmm. I think that was one thing that ate him up when it came to see era was that she had her own money and she could not control him. Mm. I mean, he could not control her. He's very controlling of his other baby mamas. Like they can't, in order for him to buy the extra things that he buys, they can't date other guys and all this other stuff. And so that's just what that made me think about. Like when he mentioned a hot headed female that had just as much, if not more money than him. I think they felt like, like you said, if she was just a regular girl, um, you know, just a regular teacher from somewhere who didn't have a lot of money mm-hmm. that she'd be easier to control. Yeah. Just think about um, Amsterdam and how sex work is legal, but because it is legal, women are able to unionize themselves and get like, you know, benefits for each other and so it's just weird because it's like i feel like because of the pariah that people put around sex work and stripping that you know they want to look down on women they just don't want to actually Mm -hmm. see women do well i love the story of cardi b because like yeah she was a stripper she ended up on uh, Love and Hip Hop New York, and most of the people on the whole Love and Hip Hop franchise have not put an album out. They have not been successful for with it. And so it's like, Cardi is like the dream. Like, that's why like, everybody's in, in the studio, but they're mm-hmm. not actually putting shit out. They always in the studio. <laughs> they just in the studio fucking like producers and so like i'm like cardi is like the dream and i'm just like at the end of the day i don't i'm not here for offset's daddy (laughs) i'm not here for offset because at the end of the day if he would have did right if he would have kept his dick in his pants this would not be an issue but he didn't and that's all there is to it right that's all there is to it (sighs) yeah so uh, do better offset and daddy offset mind your business right daddy offset needs to mind his business and then i even offsets like show of love which is was not that great like it was out of order so it was like take me back and then eventually like cardi came out like the table with cardi and then he got her like a big thing of white roses and i was like bruh like <laughs> white roses is not good <laughs> You know, work like where where is my castle? Like where is like something that's like substantial? (laughs) (laughs) You know, like this little thing of roses is not gonna work. Like you, like I said, Jay Z said that he had to change the weather. He had to move Beyonce and the family to the West Coast, away from Mm. the side chick. You know, like (laughs) so until you move us to the West Coast, like. That's nothing. That's just, it's not a thing. Anyways. <laughs> oh, wait. One thing Papa said too about Cardi, because he was saying how she was just taking his family through it <laughs> and she was making the family miserable because she oh, put out yeah. that picture of culture right. and she was doing that to be 
spiteful. And I want to say, really, this man has cheated on this girl. He has humiliated her. All her business is out on the street because of him. Post a baby picture. And she's wrong because she posted her child's picture. I was like, he was like, <laughs> he was like, oh, it was for Beyonce's, um, not Beyonce, sorry. Lord. It was for um, Offset. So, sorry, I was thinking about Beyonce <laughs> deeply. <in my laughs> uh, he was like, it was for Offset's album cover. I'm like, fuck his album cover. Like, I just don't care. But you know what? <laughs> Quiet as it's kept, Offset needed that. Cardi is very much so the bigger oh, star. Yeah. Offset needed that. We've all been dying to see culture. We've been waiting to see her. He needed that. That's why Daddy mad because he know Offset needed that. Then he's also a trash alpha. Oh, but anyways. <laughs> That's just like the next level stuff. I was like, oh, he's an alpha. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, on to our next social media topic. Recently, actually yesterday, was a Senate report with Russia and their meddling on social media. So basically, they were talking about how they targeted African Americans. The NAACP actually called for a boycott of Facebook and their properties um, because of the whole Russia interference thing. Again, because I do work in social media, I understand that social media platforms started off as like they wanted to be a free space for everybody to talk and share their opinions. But what they didn't realize is when everybody talks to share their opinions, it allows for a space for a lot of interference that nobody expected. At the end of the day, social media is just a wild, wild west. It's at most like maybe a 10-year industry and so like nobody like expects the worst to happen and that's what happened with this whole election period and so um part of it was I know I saw that NAACP was mad because they felt like Facebook let Russia target African Americans and again as one somebody who works in social media I understand that, like, the African-American affinity that you could target on Facebook is not finite or true. So I've had white friends that, like, check their Facebook targeting settings, and Facebook was like, yeah, you're part of the African-American affinity. And I'm like, no, they're not. But it's just literally people who like things where Facebook thinks they're African Americans. <laughs> so it's not finite. It's not true. I think it's part of the problems of the growing industry where, like, we're trying stuff out in digital media and it might not work. In general, when it came to NAACP's outrage, um, it just felt like they're mad for a few reasons. Again, like I said, the African American affinity is not fully finite or possible but I think I at the end of the day I felt very disturbed by the fact that like literally with Russia and social media targeting they were able to change the course of our country with memes and like false information and that makes me feel so so this is my question um for both of you um but for you and since you work in social media, how how much can we hold Facebook and other platforms accountable for 
like, okay, so for instance, when it's fake news, mm-hmm. I get that. When it's um when it's masked as something that's an actual news event mm-hmm. or something that's an actual report when it's not, I get that. But how do we hold them or is it even fair to hold them accountable when someone is faking who they are as far as their profile? Like to me, that just seems so well, hard. Well, that's been to, one of the issues. And I think that's what's been coming up when Mark Zuckerberg <clears throat> and like the president of Google and all these folks have been having to meet have these hearings before Congress, like the big overarching issue mm-hmm. is that we don't know how to regulate this, right? Because it's not just something that um, only happens in our nation, like social media is global. So how can you regulate something that's global yeah. that touches almost the entire world? And it's impossible to regulate that. And I think that's been the big challenge, like Doyen was saying, like nobody really expected or anticipated or even imagined that it would become what it has. And because it has been able to morph into its own thing unchecked, like now there really is no way to check it. Part of it is like, it's a new problem every time. So even like when you think about Instagram and the Weave accounts, like nobody expected that to be happening. And so it's hard for them to put a Mm -hmm. hard stop to it. And that's the thing about it as far as advertising goes is like the internet is the wild, wild west. So it's just literally things are happening that we never even thought of. It's hard to like combat that because we never even expected it to happen. With like, again, fake stories, uh, you know, things that they try to sell to us as an actual news report. I get it. But the other stuff, do we want them to regulate that heavily? Do we want them to... What do you mean by to, the other stuff? For instance, me having a profile page and just talking about what I want to talk yeah. about. Because I, yes, I do want them because I know for a fact, like on Twitter specifically, there were, you know, accounts that were run ran by Russians, mm-hmm. but they made it seem like it was a black person, mm-hmm. black lives, and they would support Black Lives Matter and they would do things. You know, it was very... Very covert. Like you, I know that that happened, but how much of that trickles down? How slippery will that slope become when they start really regulating and monitoring what's happening? But honestly, like to some extent, like I feel like when they do try to regulate things, they go very hard on us as black people. And so like, there's been people that are real people, part of Black Lives Matter and Black causes that have gotten banned before, like, mm. other people have. And but that's what, so that's my concern. That's my concern always with any, mm-hmm. <laughs> any type of legislation. Right. It's like, how does this slip? Mm-hmm. Because it's always a slippery slope. It starts off as something that seems like it's good. But how could this end up affecting me? Because what if, I mean, in all honesty, I hate the hair pages, okay? But what <laughs> if this is really some girl just trying to sell hair? And I mean, Instagram is a great marketing mm. tool. So now I can't sell my hair? <laughs> I just, I super I hate. I mean, hair pages, please don't follow right, me. I super hate the hair pages. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I blocked them I all. Dress, I've been growing my whole whole hair for five years now and just please leave me alone 
But um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, especially in advertising, um, and I understand that, like, yeah, it's a very slippery slope. And at the same time, I don't, I understand that they do want to have a space for free speech, but at the same time, um, we in advertising we have these self-regulating boards where if we can <laughs> regulate ourselves, we don't have to worry about the government regulating us. And so um, I think our self-regulating boards could do a better job of like looking into things. But it just, at the end of the day, like I really, it really just grosses me out that memes could drive people to act in a way that is harmful to our country. And so while, you know, this what this is what happened, um, I'm vowing to be more vigilant about guarding the things that my spirit and mind come in contact with. But I will say Facebook one, hashtag Facebook one, because <laughs> um a full boycott of their products. Is impossible because, like I said, I deleted Facebook. I'm deleting Facebook Messenger. I deleted Instagram off of my, you know, off of my phone. But at the same time, I talk, I group chat with my family in, you know, WhatsApp. <laughs> and so, like, they still yeah. gonna get a little bit of me, like, at the end of the day, because, like, I had to talk to my family, even like, even now, like when we're talking about Instagram and our, you know, our podcast account, I have to possibly consider signing back, you know, installing it again because I need to talk to our podcast people. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't think I don't even think it really hurts them if, you know, especially for someone like me, because I'm, I rarely use <laughs> Facebook. If I just delete it, I mean, I don't think right. that bothers them. But then they I got really Instagram. That account is still there. That account is still yeah. active. Um, and then a lot of people use social media for work. So even if they want to support this boycott, that you're asking people to make a choice between supporting your boycott and supporting their yeah. business. So I just think it's a, it, I don't think it was a fair yeah. ask. <laughs> Especially for the amount of time, like if they said do one yeah. day, do a blackout day, mm-hmm. like okay, but uh, literally you know. my employment is Facebook, and Instagram, and so like <laughs> I was on Instagram for work, but you know I'm not fully with it for personal purposes, but yeah, <laughs> I think at the end of the day, I just want people to be more vigilant about. What they consume is information, and um, but that's yeah, because at the end of the day, but that's what's so scary (laughs) about this to me was like so many of these seemed so very real, like they, yeah, I don't know, like I, I can't even articulate it right now. Chris, delete this part out because I can't articulate what I'm trying to say. No. Honestly, like, I felt like I was hey, scared yeah, yeah. because, like... This shit was scary as Like, because I saw, like, in a different article. Yeah, like, I just saw a different article where the meme was like, oh, yeah, I've seen that before. And mm-hmm. I probably shared that. 
And that was what, you know, affected my world. Yeah. What are you well, going to do? What are you going to do? I know. <laughs> I mean, it was just social media. Was just like, I mean, you know, um, I mean. I think at the end of the day, I've decided that I am going to be more vigilant about guarding the things my spirit and mind comes in contact with. And that's all there is to it. Like, I just, I need to know that I'm protecting my my soul and my spirit and my mind. Alrighty. Well, after all of that, <laughs> we're going to move on to our poor life decision of the week. <laughs> I'm sure all of y'all work in places, businesses, and... Wait, we're not um, going to do someone something? <laughs> Okay. I just want to go on the record. I was was steady moving on passive. Okay. When when we talked about having a show where we drank during the show, it sounded like such a great idea. Such a good idea until it wasn't. Honestly, we're almost like we're actually less than two weeks out until our the end of the year. And so we kind of want to talk about our favorite moments in 2018. Um, it it happened so fast. Like January was super long, and after that, the rest of the month, like the rest of the year, just sped by. And so, um, so where were one of your favorite moments for 2018? Um, I'm gonna keep mine short and sweet. I think one of my favorite moments for 2018 was Baychella. Uh- <laughs> I stayed. <laughs> I stayed up all, all night. night just to, and I was so sleepy. So I was tired. so sleepy, but I stayed up with that laptop in my lap, and I do not regret it. It was amazing from the moment she walked out. All of that beautiful blackness, all of that great swag, love. It was beautiful and amazing. That was easily one of my top moments of 2018. It was. Like my second most <laughs> <laughs> So for me, um, turning 30. So turning 30 was amazing. I started off with... <laughs> Shit, I'm 30. <laughs> like, I started off with a graphic and a picture that was like, hey, I'm getting evicted for my 30s. It's funny because I went to brunch and the chick kept looking at it like, oh, you getting evicted? And I was like, no, I'm not getting evicted from... My apartment. I'm just getting. Why would you put that on a shirt? (laughs) From your twenty. No, I had it like a piece of paper, but I had it open, and she was like, "Oh, are you getting evicted?" I'm like, "No, bitch. Please draw me my mimosas because I can still afford my apartment." (laughs) But (laughs) from my thirties, like local birthday party to actually turning thirty, and I had a whole photo shoot, whole ass photo shoot, and then whole photo shoot and then after <laughs> I actually turned 30 I went to Napa with a bunch of my great friends and it was just super great to see like people in my life that love me and were willing to go out and do fun stuff with me and it was great so it was awesome turning 30 this year oh mm-hmm. yay it's 30 <laughs> So, Becca, oh, what was your man. highlight or one of your I've highlights? so many. Definitely going to Egypt was just an amazing, mm. amazing experience. Yes! Amazing experience. Um, just feeling like I was going back home 
and just the history. It was just an incredible, incredible opportunity, once in a lifetime opportunity that got to experience with some really great people. And yeah, yeah, that's it. One of these days, I'm going to make my friends go to Nigeria with me, and it's going to be great. (laughs) Yeah, me too. I would love to go. (laughs) I just got to work on this passport situation. But yeah, let's go. (laughs) Okay, can we take a pause? Hi, friends. We're back to talk about our poor life decision of the week. My two podcast friends are probably more introverted than I am. (laughs) So we want to talk about surviving work Christmas parties. Honestly, on my behalf, I am working with a bigger company now. And I don't trust their food preparation ah. skills. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I just don't. <laughs> I've seen them not wash their hands and I just, it's stressful for me. But also just in general, surviving the work Christmas party. So what are your thoughts about work Christmas parties? One of the, so I want to just piggyback off of last week talking about how to make it through these holidays. And I was like, oh, we've got to talk about Christmas parties. (laughs) So one thing that I really liked about one of the articles was, you know what? Have a game plan. Like that's one of the first things it tells you is know how much time you're going to spend there. (laughs) Already have an excuse (laughs) ready. (laughs) I cannot tell y'all how many times I've been like, oh, my mom at my house, I got to go let her eat. Yeah. Oh, I hope no one from <laughs> That's my go-to. And like the articles you survive in two different ways. So the first way we'll look at is just mm-hmm. how we as a person gonna mm-hmm. get through this. They say, you know, get to the party early. Cause if you get there early, you can leave early. Ow. And then <laughs> they were like, you know, try to mingle with other people, try to have small talk with other people. And I don't know about y'all, but when I go somewhere, I try to find someone that I either like or can tolerate, and I like go right to them. <laughs> what about so y'all? For me, like it's not like a social thing because literally alcohol will release all of my social anxieties, and I'm super happy to be involved with you. My biggest anxiety is people's food. Like I just. I feel like you got your cat <laughs> on encounter and <laughs> I, I'm not trying to eat mm-hmm. your food. <laughs> and that's all there is to it. Like, like you have to eat before right. you leave home. <laughs> so that you're or, not hungry there. Or know who, like have a, have, know someone, either get there early right. so you know who brought what or have a friend yeah. who you know I, what, but um, you know who brought what. And I have people I trust with their food. Like I said, it was a big company compared to like my old job where I I could eat their food because I trusted their food. <laughs> and so like yeah. now it's um it's so funny because one of the articles says don't be the token drunk mm-hmm. person and I'm like I don't know what right. you're talking about. I'm gonna be the token <laughs> like I'm not gonna be the drunkest <laughs> oh person God. but I'm gonna be like fairly drunk as a person. <laughs> 
<laughs> so the last suggestion they give for how to survive yourself mm-hmm. through the party is give yeah. yourself permission to leave. So you've already got a time. You know yeah. how long you're going to be there. You already have your mm-hmm. excuse ready. And don't feel like you've got to stay. And give yourself permission that, to leave. Like, I never started with that bigger area. company. They literally gave us, this year they gave us Uber codes to like get home. Yeah, oh, this neat. year, because the party was Thursday night, and I flew out Thursday night, and so I didn't really have time to, like, party it up. I literally just party for, like, an hour, and I was like, hey, y'all, gotta go, because <laughs> I had a flight. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. you showed your I, face. It was nice, because, like I said, it is a bigger party and a bigger work environment. And so I was able to get home in advance. So the other half to that, (laughs) (laughs) the other half to that coin is how do you survive the Christmas party and still be respected the next day at work? (laughs) So that's where um, Doyen's point comes in. Don't be the token drunk person. (laughs) Leave me alone. I limit your number. But that's the thing about it. I'm not even the token drunk. I'm just like the moderate drunk. Girl, <laughs> listen. I was I, I was at a party once, and it's easy it's easy to get really drunk when you're at mm-hmm. someone's house. And this was a work party. We were at someone's house, and one of my coworkers got mm-hmm. sloppy drunk, and it wasn't nice. Like it just wasn't cute. So yeah. I know none of us are doing that. I'm a cute drunk. Like just don't do it. <laughs> I'm not like uh yeah, I'm not a, like a scary drunk. Just a cute drunk. They do talk about um nurse your drinks when you have them. For those who have yes. a tendency to fidget, always having a glass in hand is well handy. And so part of it is like, you know, stuff like like I like Prosecco, but it's very bubbly, so I can't chug it down. A lot of times when I brunch I do Bloody Mary because they're spicy, and so I'm not going to chug it down at the same level as I would chuggle down whiskey. <laughs> you know? And so, like, understanding, like, what your, like, drinks are that you take more time with and um, using those instead. So the next pointer is <laughs> don't make a fool of yourself on the dance floor. Now, by all means, have a good time, but don't bust it wide open. <laughs> like, there's no need for that. <laughs> like Becca, Becca, what is your go-to your go-to um, classy dance move? <laughs> not back that <laughs> ass. <laughs> no, 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 shoulder action. That's about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got a nice little crisp two-step for you, and that's all it takes. <laughs> Please do not make sexual mm. advances on yeah. your coworkers. That is never okay. Me too. And furthermore, you don't want to date somebody you work with anyway. So that's like weird. (laughs) I feel like this doesn't really apply to us. I feel like this is the next one. It's like, don't get extracurricular with the photocopying machine. Mm. I feel like that's for white frat boys, but whatever. Just don't don't take pictures of your butt and stuff like that. Most of our Christmas parties are not in the office. Right, not actually in the office. Right, I don't even know how to work our photocopy machine. Anyways, like I, I struggle to print things. Mm. Oh my god! (laughs) And so you know, y'all ain't gonna get that. (laughs) Other than that, just 
dress appropriately, and please, please make sure you show up to work the next day. <laughs> like you can't call in sick. Not after you have been drunk, busted open on the dance floor, or your little, little you know, whatever you're going to wear that night. Please yeah. show up to work the next day. Um, and that's it. <laughs> the whispers. The week don't act like what? Yeah. Saying don't be a bad drunk. Oh, oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Grow up. Yeah. Grow up. Handle your liquor. When people turn 30. (laughs) This is is me (laughs) as a 30 year old. I'm just like licking down upon 20 year olds. (laughs) But, um, like, you know, Christmas parties aren't that bad. At least, at least bring a date that will drive you home. (laughs) Yes. We are done with our poor life decision tonight. Um, we're going to move on to our favorite section, buy you a drink. <laughs> so who are Ooh, y'all la la. buying a drink for this episode? So this week, I am buying a drink for uh, my coworker. We'll call him Daryl. Daryl got one of his Whoa. church members to cater our <laughs> office lunch. And it was off the damn chain. Two fried turkeys, all the baked chicken, sweet potato pie, pecan pie, bread pudding, some kind of seafood dip. I don't even know. All I know is I had to waddle out of work today. I am happy as fuck. So Daryl is... Mm. country as hell so he looks like he still drinks Budweiser so I'm going to get him a case of Budweiser mm-hmm. um, so I would like to buy a mm-hmm. drink for LeVar Burton that's right Reading Rainbow so I grew up on Reading Rainbow as a kid loved the show been in love with him forever and I don't know if you all know or not but he has a podcast and it is LeVar Burden reads and he literally just reads me stories and most of them are most of them are science fiction but I, I like them I'm not a big science fiction person I like fantasy more so than science fiction but they're still good and um today just got a little hectic and I needed to mentally kind of get away so I just put my earbuds in and I just let LeVar Burden read to me while I sat at my desk in my office. And I just felt this over, I just felt this sense of calm. And I felt like little me sitting in front of the TV watching Reading Rainbow. So I would like to buy a whiskey neat for LeVar. I feel like he's a whiskey guy. Who are you buying a drink for? I'm buying a drink for all six of my siblings who probably presented out drink. But they drink something. <laughs> well, I know one of them who does. Um, so I think growing up in a Nigerian experience, we don't really fully um, are fully about, you know, like about what we feel. But I think we're all super great. And I Stop snickering. <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> I thought I turned away from the uh, mic. I super love all of my siblings. They are part of my being. 
as far as who I am as a human. And I just love my siblings. And it's Christmas time. And I want them to know that I super love them. Aww. So buy them a drink, whatever Yay. they drink. That's sweet. So this has been another episode of Poor Life Decision. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> hey. Um, very much like just chat with us and talk with us on Instagram. Our Instagram is Poor Life Decision. Um, our Twitter is PLD Pod. And really just talk to us because we don't really be sleeping as much as we supposed to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm be sleeping. Uh, you you sleep, <laughs> that's all. <laughs> Two thirds. I try. I sleep in the daytime <laughs> on Saturday. Decision, don't be <laughs> but uh, we just we would love to talk to y'all more often. Um, we definitely try to chat y'all on um our Instagram stories and um just talk to us. We would love to talk more often about everything yes we have a special episode for you next week next week's episode early. will air early so that you so that you have it in time for christmas so you can listen while you take that long, long drive day. home also some of you participated in our little poll we had on ig we're going to share some of your responses and as always let us know what some of your poor life decisions are so that we can work on those too we want we don't want to feel like the only ones out here struggling let us know who you want to buy a drink for maybe we'll shout you out maybe i don't have anybody to buy a drink for that week and i can use yours so just give us suggestions talk to us Bye. we talk back love you <laughs>